You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, What up, what up, Real Coach JB here, man, uh, coming to you, man, uh, after a little hiatus, um, as you know, I've been ripping and running, getting this whiskey and this cigar, going um july 1 looking to launch july 2 looking to do a live zoom launch party with a few people uh prominent name people so stay tuned to that announcement and uh episode 54 man our last one we left off with the great mark jones from espn uh last dance and uh nba today and etc etc Great young brother uh, doing his thing, man. Um, <clears throat> quote of the day, man. Let's get the day started, man. Uh, this Wednesday afternoon, June 17th, 2020. Um, you can't go back and change the beginning, but we can start where we are and change the ending. Just remember that, man. That's the true shit. I really do stick with it. Um we can't go back and change the beginning, but we can start where we are and change the ending. That quote, man, is for every fucking kid's parent out there being recruited, for every fucking AD and president at every college who hires these fucks that they've already hired and they're worried about fucking public image. And you're telling me that you don't know who the fuck you hired. And you're just now finding out about the Sweeney's and the Gundy's and all these fucks. It's unbelievable to me. That just tells me presidents and ADs out there, they're either fucking ignorant or insane. So just so we understand, the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same shit over and fucking over and expecting a different result, different outcome. It's unbelievable to me. These motherfuckers make five, ten million dollars a year. And... This is the people that are in charge of our young black community, black players, that, which is about 80% of every football team in America is black. Um, just so we could clarify. It goes, this quote goes out to every assistant coach who's scared of their boss, a.k.a. the Gundys and the Sweeney's and the Kelly's and the Clay Helton's and the all these fucking people out there who can't even come out and give a fucking timely response to a fucking huge cultural issue we're having who affects directly affects their fucking current players and future recruits, which is ignorant as fuck. And just to me just shows where they really are in their head, um, where their mind really is. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I really, that's that, that's what that quote is for, man. And, and, and I'm just, uh, I don't get it, man. Um, don't understand it. Um, but that's what it is, man. We, we, you know, obviously these ADs and presidents can't change what they started, but they can definitely change 
where they're going and, and how the ending is going to end up. Um, same with the coaches and the kids, man. The same with the players, man, their parents. Do the research, man. Check it out. You already signed your letter. You're already going to this school. Hey, man, there's a transfer portal now. Obviously, everybody's doing it. I hate the shit. Um, I've always against, I've been against it. Um, but now that we have this, uh, you know, some adverse times hit us, which has been hitting black folks for 400 years, but it hit us now in the mouth. And now these uh, coaches can't even, they don't even know how to act. And now you're seeing all the truth come out and the, and the truth hurts as we know. And so uh, the title of this show, man, is, uh, is uh, proud and not so proud. And I'm going to get into it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I've always been proud to be an American. I always will be, obviously. I thought it, you know, I, I've always thought America was the best country in the world, obviously, for a number of reasons, obviously, right? Freedom of speech, freedom to do this, freedom to do that. It's really only free to white folks, to be honest. And, um, it fucking is crazy watching little black kids play hoop or, ride their bike, and jump off, hide behind a car when a cop car comes. Like, it is getting grain now, and it's never been this bad. Well, it's always been this bad, but it's never been this visible, and that's thanks to the smartphone and the cameras. Um, it's been happening forever. Um, I've, I used to see it in Compton growing up. My buddies didn't want to be around. Cops come, they fucking ran. For no reason. We weren't criminals. The motherfuckers didn't do nothing. But they ran because of exactly what's happening right now. So let that shit sink in, man. It's unbelievable to me. Um, But anyway, going back to why I'm labeling this show, I'm proud but not so proud. You know, I'm proud to be an American. always will be uh, until I die. I'm not proud to be in America right now. Uh, And you can bash me all you want. That's just my thought, man. That's just where I stand right now, current day. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to leave. I don't want to do any of that shit besides visit somewhere else. But that is my taste in my mouth right now. I'm proud to be an American like I always will be. But I'm not proud to be in America right now, man. It's just uh, not a good place, man. It doesn't have the home vibe, the home feeling that we've always had our whole lives. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not feeling... Where we are as a country right now starts with leadership, obviously. Cream rises to the top, shit rolls downhill. We have a uh, we have horrible leadership, man, and and it, and now it's it's trickling down and it's proving inside of the fucking educational systems and and and, and the coaching world, and it's starting to show. You know, it's funny how we have a shitty leader, shitty leadership, and then we start seeing the kids coaches who are supposedly leading um, our young kids and turning them into men but they're supporters of our shitty leader and it's coming out more and more and more and it's crazy uh i i don't get it man i don't really understand it um it's sad as fuck to watch because either be a fucking racist be a non-caring ignorant don't give a fuck coach but don't recruit the black kid then and don't fucking lie to him and don't fucking promise him that you're going to do this and that. Stay in your lane. Be real. Stay to who you are. But don't don't try to dabble into both 
and then fucking you end up hurting kids. You're lying. You're cheating. You're stealing. That's what you're doing with the black kids that are on your fucking roster, who you're fucking recruiting, and the black people that we're fucking over every single day that the cops are still shooting. Like the Brooks guy, the camera comes out. Listen, man, I don't condone fighting a cop, beating up a cop, resisting a cop. You know, my my point is, my stance on it is, I get it. Trust me, I've been around it my whole life. I've been targeted because I've been with brothers walking down the street. So I stay and I try to be the cooler head, even though I'm a hothead and I talk shit. But you know what? I talk shit. I talk shit to cops, man, my whole life because I'm white. I never. I told black my my black friends, man. That one of you better not say shit. This is back in the '80s, man. So it's only gotten worse. And you know, the Brooks cat beat up a dude. The cop ran away. Now the cops' training is horrible. We all know that. That's why all this defunding is going on and all this other shit, this discussion, which should be had. The discussion should be had. But at the same time, you had the kid's information. You had his ID. You had who he was. Where's the tasers or the rubber bullets? I I don't understand. We're just straight shooting motherfuckers now? Like, it's become ridiculous, man. It's unbelievable, and I just it's it's hard to watch this shit. And it's a thirteen year old, fourteen, fifteen year old, four kids in Georgia yesterday get pulled heat on, just walking through a shortcut area, going to a liquor store. Man, no weapons, no nothing. I mean, like you pull guns on these kids. I, I ain't never seen four white kids get the guns pulled on and walking through the park. Man, never seen it in my life. And I've never seen a video of it. I've never seen it in person. I've seen it in person numerous times. I mean, countless numbers of times I've seen it in person uh, where I've grown up. And I see it on video every day. So, I don't know, man. This shit's crazy. It's getting worse and worse, man. And, uh, you know, I'm all for standing against it, standing the protesting. Uh, hopefully we keep it peaceful as possible. But I understand if you don't. Um, but I do, I do not get the ravishing of the fucking own businesses, our own businesses and our own hoods. Be smarter than that, man. Stay away from fucking up our own shit because we'll never be able to rebuild it like these other cats. Um, so listen, a lot of you guys seen me, uh, me post some shit about Gundy, Oklahoma State's coach, uh, different coaches, man. Listen. I'm sitting around at the house, okay? I, I, I talk shit to these these fucking keyboard cowards get on social media. They talk shit. Yeah, you couldn't win 93 games at Oklahoma State. Well, first of all, I, nobody will ever know that, number one. Number two, I would I would bet dollars and dimes if you gave me those resources. I'm going to also beat KU and Iowa State every year like they should, right? West Virginia and TCU just came into that league about ten, nine years ago, eight years ago. So some guy pointed out Gundy's the second winningest coach behind Stoops at Oklahoma in the last 10 years. Well, West Virginia and TCU just came into that league. I think I don't really think that makes the league better. I think the league's been shit. It's a pass-happy, soft league. They don't play defense. <sighs> They've never won a BCS. Have they won a BCS game that I don't know about? Like, I don't understand. So Oklahoma's represented it and been blown out maybe every fucking time, I want to say, besides maybe one World uh, one uh, championship game, um, 
and uh, which was a decent game. Who was it? I don't even remember. But they got blown out. And then in, they even lost to Boise State in a bowl game So when the BCS era started. So that league is not represented well in the BCS era. So let's be honest. Now you have an even weaker league, in my opinion, with West Virginia and those schools in it. Um, and this guy is telling me, I couldn't win 93 games, but I'm bashing Gundy. Well, first of all, I'm bashing Gundy on a personal level. has nothing to do with him coaching or what have you, okay? I know coaches at his staff. I know players that I've taken from his from his program that have came to play for me. And I've also recruited the same kid that he's recruiting because I know at the end of the day he wasn't going to make it academically, even though Gundy told me otherwise. So to clarify the whole beef with Oklahoma State, it's not just Gundy, it's Oklahoma State. But it really is Gundy because he's the figurehead of the program. I was recruiting a kid named Tremont Moore, number one player in America, out of Marshall High School in Oklahoma City. My first year at Independence. I've known Gundy because I sent Gundy a player from California years ago. He ended up not going. He ended up going to USC. Turned him down. So he always looked at me a little bit sideways. We ran into each other at the airport years back uh, after that, and, and he kind of had the same sideways look, and I still shook his hand and was cordial, but at the same time, him and his wife looked at me, and I was like, all right, well, whatever. I get that. No big deal. No, nothing personal, right? So come to get the independence job. You know, I go, I pretty much know every D1 coach in America. They know me. Uh, had a lot of relationships with a lot of them. Um, Gundy's not one that I've really dealt with other than that one instance um, with, one, with one of my California kids. And I didn't have any friends really on his staff, which I usually have friends on other people's staffs. I don't really, I didn't really have one on his staff. I actually had a few guys that I did not get along with. They knew me, obviously, but I didn't have friends with them. So there was no common, I didn't have any common ground with anybody there. I didn't owe them anything. I didn't want to help them with anything. So I, I said, you know what, as a common courtesy and giving, playing with an even, playing on an even playing field, I'm going to open up my doors and open up the lines of communication, and I'm going to reach out to Gundy and, and his staff, a couple of coaches that I knew, and at least give them the opportunity to where we can either squash it, which we never had a real beef, but but I was at least starting to, I was at least given the opportunity to start over. Okay, I'm the new head coach at Independence. Oklahoma State is not too far from me. Either is Oklahoma. I had good friends at Oklahoma staff, so obviously Oklahoma was welcome. I've already had talked to a few coaches, Coach Kiss, Coach Simmons, a couple coaches on Oklahoma staff. We had uh, already talked about certain kids. And this is in the first few months on the job at Independence as I'm rebuilding the place that was a shithole and turning it into a uh, future powerhouse, which we do, right? So, Coach Gundy finally calls me back. We're in the, I'm in the office. We're sitting there on a conversation, and I tell him, I said, listen, I'm interested in a kid named Tremont Moore you've offered. Obviously, everyone in America has offered him. Coach Cristobal was the O-line coach at Alabama at the time. They had offered him in Alabama. Chris Paul leaves, goes to Oregon. They offer him at Oregon. He gets offered every single school in America he was offered by, okay? Um, big old freakish O-lineman, right? So, I know, and every other Division One school in America besides o Oklahoma State knows, this kid is not going to make it. He's not academically going to make it, and it's not even going to be close, Okay? 
So I go and do what I do, and that's recruit. And I do it better than anybody. And I do it better than anybody on Oklahoma State staff and anybody else in that league, or in the country for that matter. And I'll go ahead and use this time to boast. And I think everybody in the country knows that. So saying that, I tell him, I said, Coach, this is Coach Brown. Da, 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 da. I don't know if you remember me, but this is who I am. So we talk, open up dialogue. And my AD was in the office at the time, Tammy, great lady. And uh, I'm sitting there talking to him and, and a couple coaches from Oklahoma State on on the call, I think, on a conference. And uh, I said, listen, he's like, well, Coach, we're gonna, we're gonna, we've offered, we're going to sign him, sign him I said, okay, fine, coach. I said, he's not going to make it. We all know that. But, and then they were real, they were really kind of rude. All right. And I'm, I'm, I'm still being cool and cool and collective with it. And I said, listen, coach, send them to me, place them with independence. Let's create a relationship. I know NEO is in your backyard and that's Northeast Oklahoma, the only Juco in Oklahoma, but they have an out of state limit, which is, he would be an in-state player, obviously, but they still, they didn't have the talent around them to make uh Tremonda better and that was my point so we were going into an un, unlimited out-of-state restriction um was getting lifted so we were going to be able to be a lot better in, in Tremonda's next year and so I ended up I told him I said listen place them with me and I'll get them back to you I won't get them on the marketing list for our, for our schools we won't we won't market them everybody will know he's here but nobody will everybody will know he's yours he said Coach, if I wanted to place him with you, I would have called you. So then, obviously, I go on and lose my shit. I, ten, I, I go on and ask him if he's going to hire me as his OC. He said, no, sir. I said, I didn't think so. I said, so guess what? I never need you. You need me more than I will ever need you because I will have the best players in fucking America, and your ass will be back in my office trying to get them. And I proceeded to hang up the phone. I said, before I hung up the phone, I said, I will text you a picture of his letter of intent when I sign him. And he told me, no, you'll never sign Jermonda Moore. I said, okay. A week later, after I signed Jermonda fucking Moore, I sent him a fucking picture of the LOI. Now, that's the story. I'm sticking to it. Year and a half goes by. We have a corner named Delrick Abrams. Committed to uh, Colorado. One of my best friends, Coach Darian Hagan, is the coach there. Obviously, I was going to try to push kids to Colorado if I could. I never told kids where to go, but I did give them some direction as far as who's who and what's what at that university if I knew a coach. So, Delrick Abrams been recruited by Colorado the whole entire time. We're on the 23rd hour here in recruiting. It's a day before, and, you know, I get a phone call from my academic lady on campus telling me, and she knows my rule. I don't give transcripts out to anyone. They go through me because D1 coaches fuck kids. When the kid has a bad grade, they'll go tell the rest of their buddies at another practice at another school that Delrick Abrams is fucked up in grades, even though he wasn't. I'm, not, I'm just using him for, as, a, as an example. They'll say his grades are fucked up, and then they'll blackball that kid. And I've been doing this too long. That's why I don't let any coaches give out transcripts. That's why I don't, get, that's why I don't let academic people give out transcripts. I give out transcripts. Because I can always fix my kids' grades. Just remember that. So, and I mean fix it by getting the kid to graduate, getting the kid to understand what's at stake, getting the kid to work with the teacher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right? Having said that, 
She calls me one fine afternoon. Netflix is there in my office. And she said, Oklahoma State's here in my office looking for Delrick's transcript. And I said, what? You know the deal. And she goes, I know. That's why I'm calling you. I said, send them fuckers to me. So the guess who proceeds to come to my office? Oklahoma State. They rolling up three deep. Two young brothers get out the car. That Gundy's in, walks in my office with their hands extended. I've never met these brothers. One's a DB coach, one's someone else. Proceed to shake, look at, try to shake my hand. I'm sitting in my office chair. I don't get up. I don't extend my hand. I said, do I know you? And I kind of turned a little ghetto at this point because I didn't give a fuck. Like I told Gundy, he needed me. I don't need him. A year and a half ago, if you listen to the story. So I told him, are you my homeboy? And he looked at me and said, no, sir. I said, I didn't think so, because only my homeboys go behind my back to try to get my fucking kids transcripts. So he knew right away he was in the wrong spot. Secondly, I told Gundy from my office, don't get out the car. Don't come in my fucking office because you're not invited. You're not allowed. And I told you, fucks, don't ever come to my campus because you're not getting my kids. So they proceeded not to let Netflix. They didn't want Netflix to film them. Um, obviously they didn't want them. They didn't want to be on film. That's why you didn't see it on film. Like you didn't see about a million other fucking things. But as that thing escalated, as I told them, I told you I'd get Tremonda Moore. Guess what Tremonda Moore ended up signing? University of Oklahoma. So he went to Oklahoma. Um, that's a whole nother story in a ball game as far as that kid goes. But the bottom line is he signed with Oklahoma. Um, I didn't let Oklahoma State in the office because of how they operated, how they did things. They were shady. They've always done things that were shady. I have kids that left Oklahoma State and that I took in and got them other scholarships. And they, I, I learned information. I learned information from other coaches. So it's not news to me that the fucker was wearing an OAN shirt. Okay. Now, listen. You can wear whatever fucking shirt you want. I don't. It doesn't make you a racist, okay? Let's be clear. I call shit 100. I call it real. The issue is we're in a fucking... Damn. We're in a very time... We're in a very sensitive time. And I don't understand how... These people don't get... You're either, you're either a liar... Okay, you're either a liar because he came out after these the fakest videos you see ever. You know what I mean? This is the bottom line. Let me go back a little bit. Oklahoma State's not the only school I didn't let in. I didn't let Kansas State in because Coach Snyder told me that I needed to make my coaches and players pay to come to a camp. And I said, I don't know who the fuck you're talking to, but none of my players will ever come play for you. They're too good, number one. Number two. I don't pay for coaches to come clinic with Division One coaches because everyone in America want, should have a relationship with the JUCO coaches, especially 100 miles away. And if you want our players, you should probably fucking build a relationship with my coaches. I don't give a fuck about me. I'm, I out coach your whole fucking staff. I'm, I don't need to come learn from you. But I want my young coaches to come see it, especially the ones I want to try to help get Division One jobs to. I want them to see how things operate. Mind you, my athletic director is a fucking Kansas State Hall of Fame basketball player. Female. Olympian. Like, you understand. My players are first. Over my AD, who I love to death. 
and who's a Hall of Famer at the school who cussed me out for kicking Snyder out of my office. But the bottom line is, if my kids are going to get fucked over by you and your program because you don't fucking invest in them, I'm not sending them to you. Period. Call me what you want. But I'll sleep at night knowing I do the best for my fucking players. At all costs, regardless. A news article was just written about Long Beach Unified School District in California, one of the uh, prominent schools for a long time with Long Beach Poly in it. Five years ago, they dropped a rule when I was coaching at Long Beach Cabrillo High School, all right? You couldn't transfer within the league or you sit out a year. It's a crazy rule. You're, you're, you're affecting hundreds or not thousands of black kids for a five-year period. Last week, they dropped an article. In the article, it it's, it's literally was sent to me by some folks, and it said, the rule has been lifted and, 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 and no longer um, will be enforced. You can now transfer from school to school, if you like, within the Moore League inside Long Beach Unified. Well, it goes on to say, that rule was called the Jason Brown rule. They literally made a rule after me because I was at Long Beach Cabrillo. We lose to Long Beach Poly six to nothing. We should have beat them, but they had Juju Smith. They had Big E at USC. They had 10, 20 D1 kids. I mean, future NFL guys, right? We should have beat them. We, we lose six nothing. It's zero zero in the fourth quarter. And they make a rule because they know Cabrillo was about to take over. I had 30 transfers in one year. They've never seen anything like it. We actually had 40. They set 10 kids out because they wouldn't let them play because of this rule that they basically enforced during the season as I'm getting kids in, which was illegal. I get a lawyer. We go through a big-time lawyer deal, lawsuit. We go through a big old issue at Long Beach. And now five years later, I haven't been there in five years, by the way, uh, actually six years, five years, six years later, I'm, I've been gone at Long Beach Poly's shitty now. They've they're they're horrible, and to to Long Beach Poly standards, they're very shitty. Right now, the lift is the the the, the rules lifted, and now they're going to try to get Poly back going. That's how, that's why the rule was lifted. So you know, I would if I was a lawyer, I'd get every black kid that was told not they couldn't transfer, and I'd sue the fuck out of the district because that's not if that's not discrimination, I don't know what is. And I should probably fucking sue the motherfuckers too. But that's a whole nother ball game. But that, that, that's, that's where I'm coming with. I stuck my neck out for those kids because I offered to not even play another game that season. You can ask my principal. And I stuck by those kids and I told them we can march and sit down and not play. What do you guys want to do? And they wanted to play. And on behalf of the kids that they benched and told they couldn't play, mind you, I never had a allegation. I never had a violation i never had a suspension i've never had a kid get told he couldn't play because he was illegal recruited or ineligible never in my tenure and they make a rule that we can't transfer kids in from our league because everybody was leaving everyone to come to me but they make a jv rule they lift it and now uh all of a sudden it's okay so having said that man is why my point, my rant, it's about you don't know you're wearing a shirt in this time-sensitive period, then you're either A, a liar, B, ignorant, C, oblivious, but I'm going to go with D, 
And I'm going to say you don't give a fuck and you're blind. You're blind and you don't give a fuck. Because that's like me going and buying a thousand shares of fucking Amazon and I didn't know they're $2,300 a share. So I'm not going to research how much they are before I fucking buy them. It's unbelievable to me that that motherfucker's response was, I didn't know how OEAN thought of black America and how they thought about Black Lives Matter. So I'm going to wear this shirt. I don't know if he's racist. I'm not saying he is. I don't know shit about him like that. All I'm telling you is it's a time-sensitive issue. It's a slap in the face to my players, in my opinion, to his players. And I'll just tell you, man, Real recognizes real and real recognizes fake. And for that kid to come out and tweet five minutes later and not even have the, not even go talk to that coach tells you enough. It tells you either I don't have a relationship with this motherfucker because he probably didn't recruit me anyway. The black coach is on the staff recruited me here. He's from Canada, by the way. Or number two, now I found out the truth about you, which I felt anyway. So I'm going to go out and tweet because I'm not going to talk to you about it. And then he has to apologize on a fucking fake ass video. If you've ever seen fake videos, go ahead and watch that shit. It looks so bad. They hug at the dap up at the end. They don't even touch chest like the motherfucking kid didn't want to be on that stage with that fuck. And you're telling me that you don't know what shirt you're wearing. That's like. You don't know if you're wearing underwear or not, motherfucker. Your balls hanging or they in underwear? You don't know when you wake up? Get the fuck out of here, man. And for America to believe the motherfucker, whoever believes him is even more fucking ignorant. And you're either with me or you're against me, period. There's no fucking gray area. So that's how it is. Those kids were ready to fucking leave his program and not play. What does that tell you? Does that tell you he made a fucking mistake? No, because the kids would have hit him up like, Coach, man, what, what's up? You was fucking around or something? That's what they would have did with me if I ever wore some stupid shit. I would never be in that position. But I'm telling you, my players would have came to me before they start tweeting shit. They started tweeting out shit without ever talking to that man. And if they trusted him and believed in him, they would have never fucking tweeted it. So that tells you where that fucking black players lie and where he is and what he is about. And I don't give a fuck what you tell me. I know the real. I know coaches and players that have come through there, and that's just, that's just where I'm going to leave it. And so you can, uh, like I said, the quote, man, of the day goes to the presidents and the ADs too because you're telling me now that these presidents and ADs are just now finding out who their head coach is and what his head coach represents and what he's about. So you're either ignorant or you're fucking insane. And the definition of insanity is to fucking do the same shit over and over and expect a different result. That's unbelievable to mean that you fucking just now finding out who Gundy is. Just now finding out who Sweeney is. Just now finding out who these guys are who recruit nothing but black players onto your campus. Boost your FTE full-time enrollment for all you guys that don't know what that means. Puts money in your pocket. Checks in your coach's bank trophies in your trophy cases but then you want to take away reggie bush's heisman get the fuck out of here man you guys gotta be up but oj simpson's heisman's in there so like 
what's the deal? <laughs> man, we got a lot of fucked up shit, man. I'm just telling you. It's highway robbery at its fucking finest with these cats, the way they are dealing with these kids, man. I mean, I just don't understand. For the assistant coaches who are scared of the head coaches for not publicly coming out and making statements about the black kids that they recruit is unbelievable to me as well. And you're as guilty as the fucking racist or untimely and sensitive fucking head coach that you work for. If that's what I want to, that's how I'll word it that way. Because I don't know if he's racist and I don't know if any of them are. All I know is a square is a square and a circle is a circle, man. And there ain't no real gray area when it comes to that shit. So it's what it is. Um, 3% of the marchers and the protesters in Minneapolis, 5 million people, uh, 3% of them came down with coronavirus, <coughs> much less than they thought it would. That was reported. <coughs> but now coronavirus is back on the rise ever since the fucking protest has kind of died out. So <laughs> go figure. Protesting goes up. Coronavirus ain't talked about for two weeks. Protesting kind of stops. Coronavirus back talked about. Man, listen, I don't know what it is and what the fuck it is. All I know is we need to figure out something, man. Someone needs to figure out something. We either live in fear, go fucking broke, or fight the shit. The Archdiocese in California, that's the modern days, the Boscos, the private Catholic schools, has okayed fall classes to be in, in, in class. CIF, the public school board and commissioning uh, governing body, has not said yes or no to high school football or athletics yet publicly. The private school sector has. Public schools haven't. California Junior College has okayed three different plans. Hopefully, plan A or whatever plan they chose. I don't know what actual letter it is, but whatever plan they chose will be a fall plan unless Governor Newsom in California says no. That's what has been approved by the California Junior College system. I don't know anything about the Kansas JUCOs or anything like that right now. Um, I just don't know how they're going to sustain much longer without any people in their dorm rooms uh, as far as the athletes fill the dorms in Kansas JUCOs. If they don't fill those dorms, I don't know how the school and the campuses survive and how they keep the lights on. I just don't know. Um, I hope, I don't hope bad for anyone or anything um, because there's too many kids at risk for not having opportunity to play, get film, go to school, get a degree, and go get a scholarship to play at a four-year. That is all going to hurt us. So we need junior college athletics nationally. We need high school athletics nationally. The De La Salle North Shore, Houston North Shore game De La Salle, prominent powerhouse high school in Northern California here uh, in North Shore, Houston. Uh, I've had a lot of kids out of North Shore in Houston. Um, very good team, um, especially uh, back in the day and then especially now as of late again. They've made another national climb. Um, they ESPN dropped the game, so I don't know if that game's been canceled or just ESPN dropped televising the game. So, uh, can't be good for uh, for high school athletics, I don't think. Um, but I hope that's not 
the norm. I hope, uh, you know, we get back to playing and get to some type of, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I just don't have the answers, obviously. I'm not a doctor, but I do know we have to get shit or get off the fucking pot. I, I do know that, man. Um, listen, man, my, this episode 54 is brought to you by fucking Manscaped. Uh, this public service announcement is brought to you by my new sponsor, manscaped.com. And I need you guys to look into Manscaped, man. I'm telling you, it's a fucking great product and you guys will be shocked. You men out there. All right. So millions of balls are about to be Nick free. Thanks to Manscaped advanced skin safe technology, man. They got a fucking shaver, man. You don't need to worry about fucking cutting your dick or your balls, man. So you better figure this shit out. Um, 20% 20% off and free shipping with the code SLAPDICK. So use my fucking code SLAPDICK and go get you some manscaped.com, man. 20% off free shipping with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SLAPDICK. All right? S-L-A-P-D-I-C-K. And you and as always, your balls will thank you. Trust me, man. Go check it out. They send you like this lotions, man. These fucking smell goods. So your fucking nasty asses fucking clean your fucking nuts, man. And uh, at least cover it up with their lotions. But they got it. They give you a hell of a package, man. Go check it out. Manscaped.com. I'll put it on my social media uh, and check it out. But uh, listen, my next little rant, man. Listen to this shit. What? I, I really was just going to say fuck Major League Baseball and just and then be done with the show today. But like, how fucking enabled are you? As a fucking professional sport. The commissioner Manfred or whatever his name is, is horrible, right? We all know that. Major League Baseball suffered dearly underneath his leadership. But I I don't like baseball. Never did. I could throw a baseball like 95, 96 miles an hour. People wanted me to play baseball. I hated the sport. I thought it was... uh, Now, I understand that the Barry Bonds out there, if you watch the Mark McGuire 30 for 30 with Sammy Sosa, who now obviously looks like fucking Michael Jackson after he ate. All of McDonald's. That's how Sammy Sosa looks right now. Michael Jackson, who just ate fucking 600 Big Macs and 20 20-piece 20 nuggets. That's Sammy Sosa. So, what the fuck has Sammy Sosa done to himself? Like, you gotta be shitting me, man. Anyway, him and Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance are about the same looking motherfucker right now, in my opinion. They both make me want to throw up in my mouth. And it was unbelievable. But for him and Mark McGuire to hit all those home runs, jacked up on fucking crack, methamphetamines, or steroids. I don't give a fuck what they were on. You still have to have hand-eye coordination, and it's, the, and it's nothing harder to do in professional sports than hit a baseball, okay? Barry Bonds deserves to be in the fucking Hall of Fame because he fucking hit a baseball. Now, does he hit a lot of fly ball outs if he's not on steroids? I don't know. But he still made contact. He still had a lot of fucking hits and home runs. I still think the best baseball player ever is probably Babe Ruth, Pete Rose. Um, I think Bonds is up in there. Um, you know, Tony Gwynn's probably the best hitter along with Pete Rose as far as just hitter, base hits, doubles, singles. Um, I think Pete Rose deserves to be in. I, t- My personal opinion, I'd rather bet on myself, which he did, and not take illegal substance, then take illegal substance and hit a bunch of home runs that you may not have hit without it. And 
if it's a debate about who belongs in the Hall of Fame, I take Pete Rose. That's just where I'm at. Um, my personal opinion. Pete Rose did this, played the sport without cheating. He fucking bet. That's not any, has nothing to do with what he did on the football field. Reggie Bush earned the Heisman. Whatever happened off the field had nothing to do with what he did on the football field. We can go into moral fucking compass and we can get into all these fucking things. But the bottom line is you were recruited by those motherfuckers and told every single thing in the world to do. What we, how we outline our legacy is made strictly by fucking decisions. The decisions we make is what our legacy becomes, period. Reggie Bush made a grown man decision to do whatever he did. USC just invited him back on campus and everything like that, and they're all hunky-dory, and they've shook hands and hugged, right? But they've yet to give his Heisman back. I wouldn't accept anything from USC unless they gave my Heisman back. That's just me. I deserve the Heisman. I earned the Heisman. I didn't take anything illegal. I didn't take any substances. I didn't do anything to, to, get, to negate my Heisman deserved trophy. Why doesn't he have it? Don't get it. Pete Rose, to me, did nothing to take away from him being the Hall of Fame. Him and the fucking commissioner at the time hated each other's guts, and that motherfucker has blackballed him, and I bet you he gets put in when he dies. That's how sad this is. That's how malicious we are as humans and and that's what ends up happening and unfortunately pete rose will probably have to die before he gets put in the hall of fame and that's just my opinion barry bonds i think what he did prior to steroids was still very great um but he got a lot stronger as he got older go figure right so uh, you know I think he deserves it. If Mark McGuire and fucking Sammy Sosa, I mean, all those guys, I mean, I think all deserve it. If, uh, you know, if that's what we're going to do, we put them all in or none in. I mean, that's just what it is. So there's been people put in now. Um, there's been pitchers too. That's fucking done a lot of shit. So, I mean, you know, you go back to Sandy Koufax and Deron Drysdale, or Don Drysdale and fucking Nolan Ryan, the motherfuckers had a lot of shit, man. Vaseline balls, sweat balls, fuck you name it, man. They put a lot of fucking chalk and, all kind of shit, man, sandpaper, snot, you name it, um, to get those balls to break. So <laughs> they're in the Hall of Fame, last I checked. So all or none, man, that's just what I think we need to live by. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm proud but not so proud, man. Just remember that. But back to baseball, hey, man, these motherfuckers are enabled. They can't come up with a fucking common fucking ground to play 80 or 90 games are you fucking joking me you fucks you can't come back to give america some hope and play and put your fucking 20 and 30 and 50 and 7 and 8 million dollar year contracts aside to just give some folks some hope fuck me man that shit is unbelievable to me you can't come up with a comic. You want more money during this fucking time when we got fuckers working at Ralph's, Walmart, Stater Brothers, Dylan's, 
Kroger's risking their fucking life for $10 an hour to give you food. But you can't play baseball for fucking three, four, eight, ten million dollars a year. I'm done. Fuck baseball. You'll never see me watch it again. I have no fucking desire or wants or need to watch baseball. I won't watch it when ESPN reports it. If they do come back, I'll shut it off. It's a fucking slap in America. Hardworking, blue-collar America's faces. And everyone else in in the world, for that matter. Baseball went overseas because of Major League Baseball in the U.S. And they're playing in South Korea and and, and Japan, man. They've been playing. Like I said, I'm proud to be an American. I'm not proud to be in America. And the Netherlands has like two cases in the whole fucking country of coronavirus. They've had 50,000 at their fucking rugby match the other day. No fucking reports of any fucking new cases. Like... Canada has been doing great. I mean, like, we're, we're, you know, we've always been the number one country in the world on uh, so many uh, different accounts and accords. Like, they're ranking the countries now, and we were ranked number 10 in the world for the first time ever. We're not number one. So, hey, man. Attitude reflects leadership. You remember that. For the Real Cuts JB and Manscaped.com for representing. Go out there and get you some fuck. Get your balls taken care of. Hope you enjoyed the show. Like I said, I had to give out, get off a little rant. Let you guys know how I feel. But uh, stay tuned for my whiskey and my cigars, man. They're good as hell. This is the Real Coach JB, man. Don't be a slapdick. Be good to your neighbor, brother. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. For me, will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Fight a guy, man. I'm just telling you. Codes, I don't want to fucking hear your mouth. I'm tired of hearing guys talk back, man.